goal for the Irish at the timeout. Williams, right to the right side. Powers to the end zone. Look, low snap, picked it up, takes an end zone shot, and finally, McKinley goes up and gets it, and it is a touchdown. Welcome back to another episode of the Golden Homers Podcast with your hosts, Mason Plummer and Nathan Erbach. Welcome back. Welcome in, Golden Homers fans, Notre Dame fans alike. Hello, Mason Plummer here with my co-host, Nathan Erbach. You follow us both, Mason Plummer underscore, Nathan underscore Erbach. Make sure to follow at Golden Homers. That's where you're going to find all of our updates. That page has steadily been growing. Introduce my co-host here, Nathan. Dude, what an, what an absolute week since the last time we recorded. Uh, the action has been coming left and right. Mostly good. A couple of departures we'll touch on, but how have you been keeping up with everything? Dude, it's wild, right? I mean, I think we kind of had an idea some of this was happening. I mean, when we were recording last week, we mentioned that, you know, a couple of these guys had commitment dates set up. A couple of them didn't really have, you know, at least public commitment dates set up, but we knew they were popping, you know, in the, in the near future and, I think in some of those cases, we didn't realize how how quickly it was. I think Isaiah Canyon, who we're going to get to here in a second, committed like 20 minutes after we stopped recording. So we didn't get to break the news like the Tyler Buckner uh, transfer to Alabama. But I think, like you said, man, seven commitments since we recorded, which has been barely a week. So uh, good times are flowing right now overall for uh, for both Notre Dame basketball and football. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, you know, we we had said for the last couple of weeks, I'm glad people put trust in us that Notre Dame was going to be getting good news. And I expected that to be spread out al- along the last couple of weeks. I did not necessarily expect four football commitments and three basketball commitments. And both we expect to continue to grow. We expect this to, these trends to, uh, to continue without saying much more on that topic. Nathan, I'm going to start first with Isaiah Canyon, a guy that I didn't necessarily think was going to pop so early, I, I would like the way Notre Dame was trending for him. He popped Notre Dame on the 27th of April, 6'3", 190, out of Georgia. Always love taking a receiver out of Georgia. Notre Dame's had a solid hit rate there. Just athletes out of Georgia, to be honest. Um, rated as a three-star and 89 on 24-7 sports. The composite has him a little bit higher inside the top 247 players. Uh, inside the top 200, actually, the 29th rated receiver. Uh, I really like the skill set, uh, the the body type, 6'3", 190. What do you think about Canyon? Yeah, I think he has verified like four or um low four or five speed, which is great for a guy his size. Um, I think he was sort of the Chauncey Stucky darling of this class. I mean, same high school, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. And so they just had kind of had a good connection, you know, from the from the shoot from the get-go, uh, when once they offered. I mean, honestly, I mean, he was a guy that they kind of were in on not late, but like in recent months, right? They, he wasn't one of those guys like Jeremiah McClellan or Ryan Wingo that they were in on super early, sort of came on later in the process. And honestly, I think he's a guy that's going to end up ranked pretty highly. I'm not going to sit here and say he's going to be a top 50 or top 75 guy per se, um, but with a strong senior season where he's only able to focus on wide receiver, he's not going to, I don't think he's going to play quarterback for his high school team this year like he did last year. He'll probably still play some safety, which I think he'd actually be ended up would end up a really good safety at Notre Dame if that's something that happened down the road. But but man, him focusing mostly on wide receivers, specifically on offense, I think he's gonna end up a you know, bare minimum like a top 150 consensus player in the class and be a really, really nice land for Notre Dame when it's all said and done. 
yeah, I think he's a player if you pop on the tape that I anticipate will get a big jump from 24-7 sports. I'm not sure when their next update will be, but kind of expecting a, a handful of Notre Dame guys to get a good bump just based on camp reports, kind of things that we hear here and there. Uh, two days later, Notre Dame got a commitment from a guy that everybody should have felt very good about, and it finally came to fruition. It's always good to see the ones that you feel good about finally pop. You know, crazy things happen in recruiting. The legacy Bryce Young, not the Alabama and now Carolina Panthers quarterback, but the defensive lineman Bryce Young. I hesitate in saying edge rusher because I thought that's what he was going to be. The dude just keeps growing, Nathan. 6'6". Somebody said the other day he's closer to 6'7", 245 out of Charlotte Christian, Charlotte, North Carolina, 2024 defensive lineman. His dad obviously being Bryant Young, a Notre Dame legend, 49ers legend. Uh, I believe he's a Hall of Famer as well. So the genes are there. What do you see that you like in Bryce Young? I mean, you kind of hit the nail on the head. I mean, so much length, so much. Um, I mean, not only is he not only is he tall, but like he's got long limbs. Um, he's he's growing from a, you know, from a body standpoint too. Where I think he's up to probably like two, two fifty ish maybe right now. And like you said, I mean, it's hard to kind of put a ceiling on him. It's hard to kind of place him a hundred percent where he's going to be. I, I tend to think he's going to be a strong side defensive end. I think that's where Notre Dame wants him at. Um, but who knows? Maybe he ends up a guy who can kind of play across the, you know, all formations all across the line, um, you know, three, four, four, three, whatever it may be for Notre Dame or or if he has an NFL future, which I think he might at least based off an upside. Um, but like you said, just a guy that they I think Notre Dame really wanted to land. They were obviously in on early with him being, you know, the son of Bryant Young, but also just I think they were his first major offer, um, which is nice to see as well. And you know, they were able to finish the job on blue and gold weekend and he went public on Saturday, but um, I think just a really nice land overall, the upsides through the roof. Sticking with the, with the legacy topic here, we saw that was a feature of blue and gold weekend, the really cool video that was, uh, that was posted. I don't remember who posted it, but uh, it was a Tom Lemming. I think it was yeah, Tom like Lemming. where I was like the Flanagan kid and yeah, yeah. Jerome Bettis and all that. Yeah. Right. So another legacy here, uh, one of the most popular Bears players ever, his son, Kennedy Erlocker, the 2024 safety, commits again two days later. Um, Notre Dame uh, gets their safety. Hopefully they're taking a couple because they need him. But um, well, and I guess we can touch on this later, but I don't anticipate Erlocker necessarily playing safety at the next level if he continues right. to grow and with his play style. But six foot 190 out of Chandler, Arizona. Ball, get ball. This dude's a heat-seeking missile. You pop on the tape. The first couple plays you're going to see are him absolutely blowing dudes up. Looking for contact is what you want to see in in that kind of safety and rover. Somebody who wants to make the big hit. Um, Nathan, I'm sure this is cool for you. And he's a, he's a guest on the show, Kennedy Erlocker, as we get uh, further on into the show. But Brian Erlocker, his dad, one of the best ever Bears linebackers and one of the best ever Bears players, one of the best linebackers in NFL history, I would say. Um, definitely iconic. We're in that 54. Um, what do you see in Erlocker's game that's going to translate to Notre Dame? Yeah, I was just about to say, I mean, obviously we'll be able to talk to him a little bit later in the show and, you know, that will give us maybe a better idea of where Notre Dame sees him, where he sees himself, of course. But, but yeah, I mean, I think he's an ascending player first and foremost. I mean, a guy that kind of has jumped on the scene over the last couple months, I think his rating went from like seven, the rank rank 700 in the class. Now he's closer to like 600. Um, I think that's going to continue to move up. I'm not going to sit here and say he's 100% going to end up a four star, but I wouldn't, I'd be fairly shocked if he's not at least near that um, when it's all said and done somewhere in the 400s, maybe the 300s, maybe higher, obviously with a really good season. But, you know, I say ascending player because I think it was his sophomore year, he transferred to Chandler 
and he had to sit out the first like four or five games of the season due to transfer rules was playing under some, you know, some talented upperclassmen. And then last year he really got to showcase his abilities and that's kind of where his stock um, sort of started skyrocketing. Um, but like you said, heat seeking missile, a kid that certainly loves to hit probably learns that from his dad. Cause obviously, like you said, his dad's one of the best linebackers in um, NFL history, bears history, obviously, but um wouldn't be surprised if he kind of follows in his dad's footsteps where he's a safety at the college level, or at least a lot of the college or a lot of his collegiate um, career, and then ends up a linebacker either later on in his career or in the NFL, if he, if he makes it that far. So um, he provides a lot of versatility to this class. Cause like you said, they do need safeties. We'll get into that, but they also need some linebackers and this linebacker class isn't amazing. I think the 2025 class is going to be uh, much better. Um, but, uh, right now we don't really know where they're going with safety and linebackers. So getting a kid that can kind of do both, um, or grow into a linebacker, I think it's going to help propel this class from a, uh, versatility standpoint. Yeah, no doubt. I, I really like taking a guy that's versatile. And I think that's, I don't know if you can necessarily say it's Freeman's approach on purpose, but it seems to be that way where he's taking talented athletes on offense and defense and, you're figuring it out later. You're taking talent, speed, traits that you like, and then seeing where they fit later on. I, I like that and and Freeman's approach. I don't necessarily know if that's super top of mind, but it seems to be. I like it. And Next I don't know day, if he's as good. Sorry, I was going to say, I don't know if he's as good as Brandon Hillman, but that's what he, who he kind of reminds me of. Okay. Where a lot of people thought Hillman might end up a rover at some point too. Um, that's kind of who he reminds me of. And sort of the replacement in a sense, because Hillman obviously wasn't able to stay in the class in 2023. It's going to really suck when Hillman's a baller for Michigan. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, the next day, Monday, we get a commitment from Micah Gilbert, 2024 receiver. Similar body type, just a little bit bigger to Isaiah Canyon. So you can see Stucky likes certain body types, 6'3", 203, out of the North Carolina area. Um, Notre Dame seems to be recruiting the Carolinas and the, the Deep South pretty well. I, I like that. It seems to be where a lot of talent's coming from. Not to mention keeping these guys on the coast away from the Clemsons and NC States of the world. I like that too. I really mm -hmm. like the size. Um, like I said, out of Charlotte Christian, one of the guys we mentioned earlier was a teammate of his. Um, I'm trying to get the 24-7 sports ranking here. Ranked inside the top 200 24-7 sports, 30th receiver. So he's right next to Isaiah Canyon, actually, 29 and 30. I expect those both to go up a little bit. I've seen people kind of already throwing out rankings, which is kind of arbitrary, of having – Gilbert last out of the three receivers. I think Cam Williams is far away, the number one. But how do you kind of rank the Notre Dame receiver commits right now when you're looking at Cam Williams, Isaiah Canyon, and Micah Gilbert? Yeah, I think you know me. I'm big on upside. So I would yeah. kind of, I, I think I would have obviously Cam Williams number one. I think he's arguably the top wide receiver in the class, if not if him not right there. Um, but then I would have Gil, I would, I would go Canyon and then Gilbert. And I, we talked about this the other day. Um, in text, but like, I think Gilbert's upside's just so high um, where you, he's sort of like the Braylon James of the 2024 class. And then Gilbert is, and it's obviously no slight because we all love Jaden Greathouse. We all love Rico Flores. I think Gilbert's kind of more in that realm where he's already a big body receiver, already over 200 pounds. So he's physically already probably ready to play in, yeah. in, uh, in college right now. I mean, by the time he hits, you know, the Notre Dame campus as a, as a freshman, he might be pushing 215, 220. And I think he's going to be physically ready to go um, from the shoot. And he might have, you know, 
the type of blue and gold game that, you know, uh, great house had or Rico Flores and different things like that. So um, that's kind of how I rank it right now. And I think that those um, it's, it's just a really another talented wide receiver class overall. Yeah. Without, uh, without getting too off track, I've been getting really excited about Jaden Greathouse and what he's going to look like this year. I know that he's not necessarily first on the depth chart right away, but do I need to temper my expectations and thinking that he can have like a, a big time, like breakout freshman year? I think it just depends on what you count as a breakout. I mean, if he had 35 catches, would you consider that like a, a huge success? Give me 35 catches and like four or five touchdowns. Yeah. Um, I think I that's doable. Two, three or 400 yards. I think that, that would be awesome. I think with the type of receiver he is, I mean, he's not, he's a kid that's physically ready to play. You're not, you know, it's, it's not like last year where Merriweather was sort of forced into action in a sense. I mean, obviously I know he only had the one catch, but in all reality, like this is just my own personal opinion based and obviously based off of what Notre Dame was doing with him. I think that they kind of agree in a perfect world, Merriweather probably would have redshirted or only seen, you know, limited snaps in 2023. And he ended up receiving limited snaps partly due to injury, but he was sort of needed on the depth chart. And I think this year, like, yes, you still probably need someone like great house and Flores to take that step. Um, you know, cause the, the depth chart's better, but a lot of it has to do, you know, or is those younger guys overall, but I think they're just more physically ready to compete. And again, it has nothing to do with the fact of, on the talent. I mean, Merriweather, Braylon James, you throw Isaiah, Isaiah Gilbert in there. Those are guys that are arguably the three most talented players that are on Notre Dame's roster or committed or signed, whatever you want to call it. But it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be ready as a, as freshmen. Right. So um, that's kind of my my thoughts there is, I mean, if great, if great house has 35 catches, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, TJ Jones had a really good freshman season at Notre Dame. Uh, KJ Stefferson, Kevin Stefferson had a really good first season at Notre Dame. So it's certainly doable. Um, You know, and why not a guy like great house or Flores? Yeah. And I I think those are reasonable expectations. Let's say 35 for 405, five touchdowns. Let us know if you get to this point in the show, let us know in the podcast. If you think that's realistic, Uh, hopefully you're at this point in the show. (laughs) I know. Right. But you know, you never know. Um, I think 35, 405 is very realistic because I think he's going to do that against Tennessee state alone. So how about that? (laughs) Um, Moving forward, let's knock out all the football before we get to your specialty in basketball. Logan Diggs, um, he's been rumored to leave Notre Dame ever since he committed to Notre Dame. So it's finally, finally just uh, the straw that broke the camel's back, I guess. Makes sense with Tommy Reed leaving. He's, I don't think he's going to Alabama with how loaded that running back room is. I don't think he'd play. Um, Logan Diggs is your boy. I've been critical of him at times, but there's no denying that he makes Notre Dame's running back room better. If I had to guess, educated guess, he's going back home to play at LSU with uh, Bayou boy, Ryan Kelly. (laughs) What are your thoughts on Diggs' landing spot? What does this do to the Notre Dame running backs room? Just kind of your initial reactions. And was this something that you really expected? Not at this point, man. I really thought he was going to kind of just stick it out and play that one last season at Notre Dame and then go to the NFL, right? Right. I think him and Audrick Estime are both NFL running backs and having them as a duo was going to be awesome. I mean, this one definitely stings and it's not because I think that Notre Dame's running back room is going to be hurt by this from a productive production standpoint. I mean, I think assuming health, obviously 
I mean, I think SMA as a workhorse back is going to have a tremendous season. You know, hopefully JD Price is able to get back healthy and produce. I mean, you have a real, you have a stud coming in in Jeremiah Love. Um, Jabron Payne has showed some stuff out of the backfield uh, this this uh, spring as well. So, I mean, overall, I think they're going to be fine. But you don't like losing good players. And this is one of the first times that – and I, we were talking about this off air as well. This is one of the first times I can remember where Notre Dame's losing a player that put up huge production and decided to leave. Usually it's a guy like you're saying – like our, our, what have we said in the past where, okay, they're the, I think it was last podcast. You mentioned it, how it's like, okay, you're, you're an upperclassman and you're kind of buried on the depth chart, right? Like you might be talented, like a Prince Collie, a Tyler Buckner, whatever it may be, Lorenzo styles, but they just didn't really produce. I mean, styles had some success early on, but really like, even though he had some numbers last year, it was just a very poor season for him overall. And I think he'd be the first one to admit that. And in Logan Diggs case, I mean, he was a true, like he was not, a backup on this roster, right? It was estimating him as one, a one B he was going to get, you know, 200 plus carries or close to it, you know, possibly get a thousand yards. Um, I think he had over a thousand yards from scrimmage last year. So I thought it was a little perplexing. I mean, I know I understand kids want to be home. They want to, you know, they want to, you know, I know him and his mom have a really close relationship and his mom is probably a big reason why he stuck at Notre Dame as long as he did um, along with Tommy Reese. Unfortunately, when he left, that probably was a big sting for him. But, but man, like just from a personal level and like my like for the player overall and what I think he can end up being at the NFL level, I think it's a big loss for, for Notre Dame um, and just the running back room in general. Yeah, I think it is a loss. I'm not as high on digs as you are, but there's no denying the talent. It is an unfortunate situation. Like <clears throat> I kind of referenced in the beginning that it didn't seem like he- super comfortable at Notre Dame from the jump. Um, but, you know, hopefully he finds a spot where he wants to be. And I think there's no denying he's going to at least get a shot in the NFL. Running back uh, timelines in the NFL are usually pretty short, but I think it would have been really cool to see. This is Notre Dame's best chance in a while to have 2,000-yard rushers on the same team. I think that would have been very possible with Estimate and Diggs. It would have been super cool to see that. But I still like where the running back room is. I think it was likely that one of them – was going to transfer out, the most likely being Jabron Payne. I liked what I saw from him in the gold game, but that room is just packed. When If J.D. Price is healthy, he could be the best running back on the roster. That would be like including Diggs, like as of last week. And then you still have Jeremiah Love, who they have to find carries for at some point, because if, if you believe that everything that everybody else has been saying, you know, the people that have been watching him in high school and talked to the coaches, like Pete Sampson the other day was just saying that you're going to see him like in – summer or the fall camp or whatever, and he's going to blow people away. You're like, who was that guy? So if that's really the case and you have essentially back-to-back years of that with J.D. Price, Jadarian Price, and Jeremiah Love, watch out. Um, Audrick Estime, everybody loves him, but he's gonna, he might be losing carries to these guys. Um, moving forward, another loss at a key position, um, Lorenzo Styles, whether it was that wide receiver or corner, love the talent. It just never really worked out at Notre Dame. Went back home. Uh, he's from the Columbus area. Plays with wants to play with his brother. Dad threw out a cryptic, weird tweet about him not being developed, or at least hinted at it at Notre Dame. Thought that was strange. Um, yeah, I guess. What are your initial thoughts on Styles moving to Ohio State? I, I'd imagine he's going to get less playing time than he would at Notre Dame. So, seems like a weird move. 
I think if he's if he's going in with the idea that he's not playing this year, then go go where you want to go where you want to be, right? So, like, I mean, we talked about this on the show last week. I just didn't really see a situation where he was going to get a lot of playing time at corner this year for Notre Dame with Ben Morrison, who's one of the best corners in the country. You have Cam Hart, who you know oozes oozes athleticism and length and different things like that. As long as his shoulders hold up, he's a really good football player. You know, and then on top of that, you have a guy like Clarence Lewis, who's been in the system now for, you know, this is going to be his third season um, overall or fourth. Is it, is he, is he a senior now? I think this is fourth. I was going to say, it feels like he's been around for a while. Yeah. My he's bad. played so since I, the beginning though. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's his fourth year. But that's, that's my fault. Um, but a guy, obviously a guy who's been around a long time has played since he was a freshman. Um, you know, and then you have, a, you know, ascending players like, Jaden Mickey and then hopefully Christian Gray comes back from his injury okay and can give you some you know give you some stuff and you know guys like Ryan Barnes and Chance Tucker are still on the roster right so they've been they've been in that cornerback room for a couple of years now you know those are, you are just guys Michael that, Bell right now uh my well Michael Bell will be coming in in the summer but I mean he's probably the one guy that I was leaving out almost intentionally because I don't think he necessarily plays as a freshman he won't the speed plays, but he's not ready to play yet. Yeah, maybe a special teams role or something like that. But yeah, I mean, and then and then next year you already have Leonard Moore and Carson Hobbs in the class. Maybe you add a guy like Caleb Beasley. So it's it's a stacked room. And that's the one thing where like even him going to Ohio State, you could argue that there's a chance that he sees playing time at corner faster at Ohio State than Notre Dame. And that's not saying it, it's kind of the same situation as like why Buckner transferred uh, to Alabama. I mean. I'm not saying that Notre Dame is better than Ohio State or Alabama, but those certain situations are better for this season and possibly beyond, right? So it's just so weird. Can you imagine saying three or four years ago, hey, this Notre Dame cornerback wasn't good enough to play at Notre Dame, so he's going to go play at Ohio State? This Notre Dame quarterback, corner quarterback, Tyler Buckner. Right wasn't good enough to play at Notre Dame. They brought in a transfer. So he's going to Alabama. This is right. just the weirdest <laughs> scenario. Well, you know, what would be weirder. World. What, what would be weirder is if Lorenzo Styles goes to Ohio state and plays wide receiver, which right. they've been known to develop better than anybody, especially under Brian Hartline. Yeah. So he goes like, let's just say he goes this year and plays wide receiver for Ohio state and Notre Dame was moving him to corner. That would even be crazier to me than the corner situation. <laughs> Um, speaking of that, I wanted to get your take on this quickly. This is not an Ohio State show, but there was a picture of all of the Ohio State recent receivers on the bench, and it's possible that Ohio State's receiver core two years ago was the best that the NFL's or the NCAA college football has ever seen. Mm-hmm. Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, um, whom uh, JSN, and then um, Jamison Williams, Jamison Williams, and then Marvin Harrison Jr. Oh wow, Emeka Buka, Julian Fleming. That's absurd. Yeah, they just had a five-star transfer out. So um, that Notre Dame really wanted in Caleb Brown out of high school. So there you go. Yeah, go pursue him, Notre Dame. I don't think they're going to, but that'd be cool yeah. if they did. Um, last one to wrap up on football. Prince Kali wasn't going to get playing time to look like. Didn't really want to be 1B anymore. Not sure exactly where he's going to go. It's been kind of quiet on that front. We have landing. We are. We have assumed landing spots for Diggs, I guess. We know where Styles is going. We know where Buckner's going. Kali, I mean – it. The weird cryptic stuff has been towards Vandy. Loves Clark Lee. It would be technically like closer back home, so that one makes a lot of sense. Uh, what are your What are your thoughts here? And do you think he ends up at Vandy? Yeah, I mean, I haven't heard anything, but I think Vandy, like you said, just seems logical. He's from the he's from Tennessee. The the coach that he you know was huge on 
and recruited him to Notre Dame is now the Vanderbilt head coach. So it just, it makes us too much sense. Right. So, I mean, if he's not, if it's not Vanderbilt, maybe it's Tennessee. So he just stays in that, you know, he go he goes to the sec in general. Like I could see that unless he's just so academic driven that if it's not Vanderbilt, it's somewhere like Duke or something like that. I could see a situation. I mean, that's still down South a little bit. Um, he obviously wasn't recruited by Mike Elko, but I'm sure Mike Elko would love to have him. Um, so that, that could, I could see something like that maybe, but I mean, if it's not Vanderbilt, I'd be pretty shocked at this point. And, um, we talked about him a lot last week, but you know, obviously yeah. a talented player that just wasn't really moving up. I don't want to say he was moving down the depth chart, but he just wasn't really moving up the depth chart. If that, if that makes sense. If you're not moving um, up, you're moving down. Right. And other guys like Nolan Ziegler and, um, you know, Drake Bowen and Jaden Osbury, Preston Zinter, they're now there. And, you know, a lot of those guys have made strong impressions in the spring. Um, and, you know, you still have the three guys ahead of them. And then Jalen, you know, obviously Jalen Sneed is there as well. So um, kind of like the cornerback position with Lorenzo Styles once he moved there, just it's a tough position to crack because there's a lot of talent and not just talent, but a lot of experience and depth. So, yeah, no doubt. Um, here, let's touch on basketball quickly here. Three commits, all pretty much expected with the Shrewsbury move. Um, Braden Shrewsbury, obviously, Micah Shrewsbury would be wild if he stayed at Penn State. Um, <laughs> Kerry Booth, 2023 four. All these guys are 2023. Forward, love the size. Logan Imes down from Zionsville, right now where I'm living, close to this area. Um, what, are your, what are your thoughts on these three guys? I think Booth is the gem of these three. I think Imes is a good player. Shrewsbury, I don't necessarily know if he would be Notre Dame quality if it wasn't for his dad, but I think I'd like him as a as a guy that, you know, with three or four years in the system, maybe can be a contributor as a junior or senior, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. How about the pedigree that Notre Dame's landed over the last week? If you include football and, and basketball, you have son of two son or you have two Hall of Fame sons. You have a Hall of Fame nephew, um, because Micah Gilbert. Uh, his um, his uncle is uh, Darrell Revis. And then now you have Kerry Booth, whose dad is the GM of the Denver Nuggets. So Ooh. certainly some uh, pedigree like um, there. And I love Booth's comments about how he was essentially going to follow Shrewsbury wherever he wanted. I usually hate those kind of comments, but when it comes to Notre Dame and the guy wants to come to Notre Dame because of the coach, I'm, I'm going to be happy about it. Um, and like you said, I think he's the gem of the class overall, uh, true NBA potential. I think he's actually closer to six eleven. um, Notre Dame doesn't get guys with his sort of athleticism and height on a regular basis. So certainly big news there. He's a little raw. He's kind of like Kennedy Erlacher in the sense that he's an ascending player. He wasn't always the guy that was this top 75 guy, um, from a basketball standpoint, but he might even be farther up the list now. Um, so just sort of he's probably going to be forced to play year one because they need minutes, um, but hopefully not forced too much to where they, they sort of lose some development there. Um, but a really talented player. I don't know if I agree with the Shrewsbury take overall. Like when you said he was not necessarily Notre Dame caliber, I think a lot of schools didn't pursue him because they realized that they were going to not going to land him. Right. Okay. Um, and I'm not That's saying right. that he's, a, I mean, obviously he's ranked in the one eighties, one nineties for a reason. So he's a legitimate three-star basketball recruit. Um, but I think he's a solid player. And I think specifically his senior year, he took a big leap. Um, he's going to need to get in the weight room. Um, he kind of, um, he kind of has like that Prentice hub build a little bit where, 
you know, he is like that six, two, six, three, but he almost doesn't look like it because of how skinny he is right now. So, I mean, he's probably the one guy that if you could find a way to redshirt him as a freshman, that I think that would do wonders for him in the weight room and um, on the basketball court overall. And then Logan Imes case, I think he's very underrated. Um, he's a guy that I'm actually kind of shocked Notre Dame wasn't after considering he's right in your backyard pretty much. No kidding. Bray. He, looks, he looks exactly like what you usually are after. Um, I think I tweeted out today once he once he committed um, officially that he kind of reminds me of Cormac Ryan. Cormac Ryan was a tremendous recruit coming out of high school. He went to Stanford and then came to Notre Dame, but Notre Dame was in on him as a as a recruit. But he was like a top seventy five guy um, at a high school, maybe even maybe even more like a top fifty guy. And Iams kind of has that same build. He kind of looks like him, honestly. And um, I mean, I think he's a good shooter, good height length, and I think he can be a pretty good defender um, in time at Notre Dame, just like Cormac Ryan was. Yeah, and uh, not in a weird way, but I really didn't know that much about what Iams looked like, and he posted, like, his commitment graphic. The dude's jacked. He was, like, holding a, a basketball. Yeah. Jacked. He, I mean, he's going to get bigger in the weight room, but he does not have the same problem as Shrew- as Braden Shrewsbury. That dude has the size – to, I mean, he's a, he's a combo guard, but you're not going to get a rebound. You're not going to push him around for a rebound, dude. Shoot. I was and, thinking about that, too, because a lot of people have said that he needs to get in the weight room, and I think he does, like you said. Um, but I think that might already be starting. Maybe he's already yeah. that's, you know, put on, you know, 10, 15 pounds of good muscle over the last, you know, year or so, whatever it may be. No doubt. Um, that well, That's going to wrap up the first half of the show. Nathan has an awesome interview with Kennedy Erlocker on the other side. Uh, Nathan, let's get to some ads real quick, and then we'll uh, we'll get to Kennedy Erlocker. Yeah, absolutely. The Golden Homers are a proud sponsor of Homes for Troops, a publicly funded 501c3 nonprofit organization that builds and donates specially adapted custom homes nationwide for severely injured post-9-11 veterans. Since its inception in 2004, nearly 90 cents out of every dollar spent has gone directly to our program services for veterans. Visit at hfotusa.org. Thank you. All right, guys, welcome back. Joining the show is uh, actually a new Notre Dame commit, committed on Monday. We have safety Kennedy Erlacher from uh, Chandler High School, if I have that correct. Yeah. And uh, welcome to the show, uh, Kennedy. What's going on, man? Uh, nothing much. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So obviously, like I said, new Notre Dame commit. You committed uh, publicly on Monday uh, to Notre Dame over several offers. Uh, real quick, go ahead and kind of just talk about your recruiting process uh, maybe some of the other schools that were involved and why you ultimately decided on Notre Dame. Um, yeah, I mean, it was it started off a little bit slow. And then right after the season, it kind of blew up. Um, you know, the schools that were like, I would say my top five or six really were TCU, obviously Notre Dame, Penn State, Miami, Illinois, and then Kansas State. But yeah, those were really the schools. Okay. And then uh, what, what kind of ultimately made you decide that Notre Dame was the best fit? Uh, I mean, Notre Dame is really just the best of both worlds, whether it's education and football. So it doesn't get much better than that. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> um, when did you first, I mean, obviously Notre Dame offered you a few months back. Um, you know, obviously they weren't your first offer. They weren't your last offer. Right. 
um, when did you kind of first know Notre Dame was was going to be the school you really wanted to attend? Really, after I visited, that was okay. when it kind of hit me. But I honestly had no clue what to expect going into the visit. And once I got there, I was like, yeah, this is the place. Was that your – I know that was your first time on campus from a recruiting standpoint, I think, right? Yeah. Was it your first time on campus in general? I know you grew I know you grew up in Chicago, obviously, with your dad and different things like that. But uh, was that your first time on campus? No. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, I never went to a game or nothing like that. That was my first time. Got it, got it. What about position fit? I know when you got offered by Notre Dame, you tagged Marcus Freeman, obviously. You tagged uh, Coach O'Leary. Um, the safeties coach there's been a lot of talk out there that maybe you could grow into a linebacker like your dad or something like that but um, do they have they talked about you in regards to do they see you only as a safety do they see you as someone who can maybe move closer to the line of scrimmage down the road yeah from as far as I've heard just a safety yeah gotcha. yeah only really coach O'Leary has been coach O'Leary coach Gordon everybody's been solid on the safety part so gotcha what's your height and weight right now uh six foot 190 Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's seems like a safety, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, obviously we, I, I mentioned your dad a few times, people who might not know your dad, obviously hall of fame linebacker from the bears, Brian Erlacher. Um, what sort of has his been involvement in your recruiting, uh, his support, like his, what, what is the different things that maybe he's told you? Um, obviously, I mean, he went to New Mexico, so he wasn't yeah. getting a lot of these major offers when he was a recruit, but um, what has he kind of told you about the process and just kind of how to handle it and all that different, all that different stuff? Uh, honestly, he enjoyed it just as much as I did because it's kind of new to him as well since he had one offer coming out of high school and that was UNM and he took it. But um, yeah, he's just been real excited for me and basically my biggest fan. So just gotcha. excited for me and just told me to pick what I feel best about. Awesome. Awesome. Has he been able to make it to all the campuses and different things like that with you? Yeah, he was at everyone. Gotcha. What about your what about your mom? I know everybody everybody knows that the moms went over Notre Dame. That seems to be yeah. the general consensus. How'd your mom kind of feel about the recruiting process? Um, so she lives in Chicago right now. Okay. So yeah, she's still back out there. So yeah, she loves Notre Dame as well because right next back to home. So gotcha. She gotcha. likes so that a lot. Get to see her more often when you're out there. Yeah, exactly. All right. All right. We mentioned your, uh, obviously right now you're just being recruited as a safety. Um, what about your play style? Um, I know there's been a lot of talk about how you're, you know, I, I think you played sort of a single high safety in the Chandler defense a little bit. So yeah, you're kind of roaming around, but yeah. there's been a lot of, you know, you watch your huddle film and you're coming downhill and you're hitting guys hard and different things like that. Um, how, how do you like to play? How do what kind of style defense do you think you, you want to play in and, how how are Notre Dame fans kind of remember you when when your career is over? Um, really, just a quick, fast defense. Uh, I like know what I'm gonna do before the play, and just going and doing it. But um, I don't really have a preference whether I'm close to the ball or back at free safety. It doesn't matter to me. But um, yeah, uh, just physicality, explosiveness, and being smart on the field. Gotcha. Gotcha. Do you have any uh, plans to get on campus in the fall or anything like that? Yeah, I'm going to be there June 9th through 11th. June 9th. Okay, that's your official yeah. visit? Yeah, that's my OV. Gotcha. Any plans for a game or anything like that? Uh, Yeah, I'll definitely go down to a game for sure. Got it. Got I, it. I don't have an exact date yet, but I'll go down for sure. 
Awesome. Awesome. Have you talked about whether you're going to be an early enrollee or yeah. that, that's what you're going to yeah. do? Yeah, I already have everything done with, so I'll just get through the football season and then go to Notre Dame right after. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, the, the defense could use some safety, so that's not too bad right there. Yeah. Um. What about, I mean, Notre Dame's kind of been on a hot streak right now with recruiting. Obviously, they had uh, Cole Mullins commit uh, right before you and then Isaiah Canyon and yeah. uh, Bryce Young and then Micah Gilbert, uh, I think it was yesterday, um, kind of yeah. sandwiched in between. Are you, I mean, obviously, you've, you've probably met a lot of these guys. You were just recently on campus or you've talked to them. Sure, I'm sure you guys have a group chat all together yeah. and things like that. But Yeah, group chat. How how are those guys? Um, how are you kind of meshing in with them? And then are you guys talking – who are you guys talking about maybe trying to grab in and, and bring with you for the 2024 class? Really anybody. I mean, I we haven't really, like, went over that for real. But, uh, yeah, I'm new to the group chat or whatever. But everybody in there is real cool, and we all seem to get along good. So Awesome. Awesome. Well, Kenny, thanks for thanks for coming on, man. I really appreciate you coming on. I know we'll probably stay in touch in the future, maybe have you on yeah, um yeah. You know, later on. But uh appreciate you ha- appreciate you coming on. We appreciate you having us. Um anything else you want to say to the Irish Nation before we get off real quick? I'm good. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks for coming. All right, I appreciate it. All right, have a good one. All right, you too.